Hi, how are you? It is the Gospel of Kennison, episode 148, brought to you the week of August 31st, 2021. This is the personal audio journal of me, James Kennison. Hi, I'm your host. Welcome, and thank you for listening. Special thanks to our patrons, especially Carrie Wright, Carrie Bernhardt, and Wesley Gill, a newcomer to the show. And a new contributor. Thank you. You can support the show on a monthly basis or annually, a little cheaper, at um, patreon.com slash GOK. Um, so, uh, stuff is happening in my life as far as the depression goes. Um, I've, I've decided... Uh, that I might be bipolar after all. Um, okay. So you guys have been following the story. I've been treated as a bipolar patient for years and then believed that I was just simply depressed because I had friends who were bipolar and I never acted out like they did. Um, and then I've gone uh, to my doctor over the last few months trying to get anxiety under control so that I could help with a, a Sunday night program for children's ministry. And that, that just went nuts. I mean, it just it caused me basically every medication she gave me did the opposite effect in the nutshell. In, in a nutshell, that's what happened. And where I'm at now is um, I am on a, I actually go to the doctor on Wednesday, which is tomorrow. So I thought it was very timely to do a show today because ever since our last meeting, which was a month ago, I've, I've felt better. I felt normal and, uh, I've been doing artwork, been doing podcasting, um, and the reason why I thought was because she said, Hey, you know what? Everything I've given you, every medication I've given you seems to have made you, made you worse. So let's go back to what you were taking before you came and saw me and let's kind of start over. And so I'm on a antidepressant, I'm on a mood stabilizer and I am on a, uh, anti-anxiety and that's it. And suddenly I felt great. And even started going to the Sunday night services. It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. I thought there would be a lot of shame. Thought there would be a lot of uh, drama and stuff. But I just came and I sat in the back. I haven't gotten involved. But I but I come and I I I exist and um, I participate like like a participant would, not a not an active you know worker a volunteer kind of person. I just, I stand up during the music and clap along and sing and stuff like that. So, um, so it got me thinking though, like medicine didn't do this because if it, if it had, I, I would have been okay with this before. Now this is, this is extra energy. This is you know, more than normal. And I started thinking about what my old psychiatrist used to say, the one that recently retired. 
And I would go to him and I would say, hey, you know what? I don't think I'm bipolar. And he's like, well, there's two kinds of bipolar, you would say. And you're bipolar too. So I started reading about bipolar two and bipolar two is different than bipolar because you have the bouts of depression, but bipolar two folks have what they call hypomania, which sounds higher, like a higher level of mania, but it's actually a lower level. And you just kind of go between feeling depressed and then you get into hypomania, which just means that you are, um, semi-normal you some 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 type two people still do stupid crazy weird things but um many of them just do a just just feel normal you know even though they're at an elevated state they 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 consider that they're normal and they um, become creative they need less sleep they talk faster um they feel less depressed obviously blah, blah, blah. And, oh, one of the things, one of the perks of being bipolar too is medicines don't work the way they're expected to work. So all of that just made too much sense to me. And I now believe that my doctor originally was right. And, um, you know, what, what, what do you, what do you, what do you figure? A doctor knows what he's talking about and the guy that just reads stuff on the internet doesn't. So, um, yeah, I, I believe that I am bipolar too. And, and that's a little bit sad for me because that means this is not, and I knew it, but it's still sad to realize that I knew this is not a improvement because of medication. It's not a new status that is going to stay. Um, it means that I will eventually dip back down. And that's kind of why I'm recording this episode because for the last two evenings in the evening time, I have, I have dipped mood wise down, dark, down deep. I feel fine during the day. I have energy during the day. I'm creative during the day. I'm drawing pictures during the day, talking and communicating and, you know, doing things and feel fine. And then, I don't know, after dinner sometime, just start to slide down into misery. Just absolute miserable feelings and and, uh, just don't want to do anything. Uh, Don't want to watch videos, don't want to play games, don't want to be awake, don't want to go to sleep. I just feel miserable. And I, I... I get I get angry about stuff in my head. I don't do anything about it, but I get get worried, and then that leads to anger. Is, is the way I should have said it. Um, I get frustrated, and uh, <clears throat> none of this is fun. And it's uh, it, like I said, it just means that this is not this this state that I've been in for the last month. It just means it's not going to last, that I am eventually going to dip back down. So tomorrow when I go in, I'm going to try to convince her that, guess what? I am bipolar after all. And uh, I need, need you to treat me as such. 
but there are tricks. There are tricks. Apparently, if you take your your um, antidepressant and you get too much of it, it can trigger a hypomanic episode, which I would like to just exist in all the time, to be honest. Because um, it feels like the old me. It really does. Um, you know, I'm creative. I, I think about things. I want to do stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go places. I don't feel the anxiety and the stress of situations. And it just stinks because that feels good. But when I read about bipolar two, I realize it's just part of my dysfunction. Uh, a predictable, typical part. So that's kind of a bummer. I don't know. What if, what if you felt happy? You know, when you, whenever you came home, it's like, Hey, all right. I love being home. It's awesome. I don't want to be anywhere else. It's great here. And then you found out there was some sort of weird gas leak in your house. And, and that was the reason why you were so happy <laughs> to be home. <laughs> It would stink because it was not real and it's, and it's, it was manipulated and it was caused and it has to be turned off. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, there'll be consequences. And I don't know, not a perfect analogy, but you get what I'm saying. I, I, I just, yeah, I wanted that to be me all the time. I, and you, you, you think when you're in the middle of it that, Oh, the medicine's working. But like I said, I was like, it can't be the medicine because the medicine didn't do this to me before. It wasn't, you know, the case before when I, when I went out and tried to, to start to feel less anxious and, and to have more energy. I had no energy. I had no drive. I had nothing. And I was taking the same stuff. Anyway, I've been sleeping better, and it's kind of an accident. Um, I, 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 I had missed a antidepressant in the morning. I'd been taking it, you know, in the morning because it's supposed to stimulate you or whatever. And so I took it one night, and man, I, I just fell asleep, slept like a log, had dreams and everything, and. Uh, just because it was in the habit then and, and, and it was just the way it was supposed to be or the way it had become, I continued to take it at night. So all my medications at night. And what do you know? You know, I fall asleep. My mind doesn't race. And uh, it seems to have kind of cured that problem. And again, bipolar 2, medicine doesn't work the way it's expected. So anyway, I, I fit a lot in there because my, you know, that was my first thing is, is I might be bipolar too. And it's kind of sad because it means that there will be ups and downs and mostly downs. And, and I hate, I hate, I hate it. I feel so worthless and horrible when I'm down. Oh gosh. I don't want to feel that again. But I have to remember, I have to try to remember what I know now is it's not my fault. And, and it's, 
it's beyond my control because if I could control it, I would. I would stop it immediately, make a difference, make a change. Anyway, um, as I said, as you heard me say, I have uh, kind of broken the ice of going back to church and uh, my little church and uh, doing the children's ministry thing, or not getting involved, but, but going to it. And it did do my heart good because um, it's a good it's a good little service. They did good, you know, without me. They did. They did good. And they have segments, and the kids love it, and, and it's, you know, it, it's good. It's good, and I'm glad it's good. I'm glad it's not terrible because that would have made me feel so bad if it had been terrible, you know. But it's a good place to start. And uh, we've taken a couple of weeks off because of, uh, let's see, Labor Day weekend. And then I think David's got some sort of triathlon thing or something. But uh, we're going to hit it back on, um, I think, I think September 5th, I think, is when we come back. So we, we didn't do one last week. Maybe it's the week after. I don't know. But uh, so so that's that's kind of my update there as far as the way things are going. I I, I feel like I'm I'm kind of dripping back down into a depressive episode, which sucks. It 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 does. Um, no no getting around that. Um. Uh, but anyway, I I bought an iPad. <laughs> um. They say that when you're bipolar, you do things with money that you shouldn't do. But I, I really thought about it quite a bit. And, and I do a lot of sitting and watching videos and stuff. And also would like to do more art. And so um, I took some of my PayPal, uh, or my PayPal, my uh, Patreon funds that you guys so awesomely provide. And uh, I went out and got an iPad and a pencil, uh, the Apple pencil, I guess they call it. And. Um, I bought Procreate, an app that is as good um, as for painting and stuff as Photoshop, and it was only ten dollars. I can't believe it. What I would have paid sixty. I mean, it's it's that good. And uh, I did some tutorials online, learned how to use the software, and I've drawn several things, and a couple of them I was even willing to show online. And I drew a teddy bear. I drew an eyeball. And the cool thing about Procreate is it automatically records your motions and your actions. And so when you're done with your art, you can hit play and it will start all the way over with your sketches and then your coloring and then your shading and then all the way up until it's done. And so I've had fun not only sharing the finished product, but also sharing these little 30 second clips of me drawing the artwork and people always ask how long did it take you and and i don't know exactly because i kind of you kind of get lost when you're drawing um but it didn't take me 30 seconds that's for sure so you know i i got an ipad and i i love it i love it I, it you know nice big screen to watch movies on uh tv shows um i still find myself going to my phone for facebook and instagram and um, what else? Uh, Twitch, tw tw no, not Twitch. What is it? Discord. 
you know, we have a Discord server and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, the iPad's good. And um, I'm getting a matte cover for the screen so that the pen pencil will, will drag a little bit more. Because right now it's just on glass and it's kind of slick. Not used to drawing on glass. I'm used to drawing on paper. So I think that'll be nice. And um, it's coming in the mail sometime in the future. I don't know whenever they get around to it. It's basically the way it works these days. So I've been recording shows regularly. Uh, that story show, anyway. And that's good. So there's an update. Um, and, and let me just... Um, I don't, I don't get into our main topic here, and I'm not fully prepared. So expect me to speak on this again in the future. But for a while there, as I was reading scripture, and, 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 and especially considering the topic that I brought up last week, uh, I, I was coming and forming to, I was coming to and informing the opinion and belief that Christians were called to be pacifists because of scriptures like turn the other cheek, um, live at peace as much as it depends on you, you know, things like that. But there are other scriptures that talk about defending um, people who can't defend themselves. There's uh, the concepts of, of justice and standing up for what is right and all this kind of stuff. So um, I'm not fully prepared to, to, to talk about it, but I, I, I definitely believe that Christians are supposed to be a lot more passive than they are typically. Um, so I'll focus on this part of it. Christians seem to have it backwards because scripture does talk about living at peace as much as possible. It does talk about turning the other cheek. Now, turning the other cheek has been stretched into, for some folks, into the belief that you're not supposed to do anything. And you're supposed to let people just harm you over and over. And I, I truly don't believe that that's what it means. It, it can't be what it means. It doesn't make sense. Somebody breaks in your house and starts killing your family and you're supposed to offer up another child for them to kill that that doesn't make sense let's just pretend for just a second that um that god's not stupid and he doesn't expect us to do absolutely stupid things uh and 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 when you when you get that in your head you realize yeah that that would be stupid to to do that that thing a slap in the face is not the same as somebody killing a member of your family. Slap in the face literally is an insult. It's a provocation. Something to get you riled up. Um, I watch Karen videos quite a bit. And uh, a lot of them just mouth off. But, but some of them love to slap or spit. And I think, you know, spitting or slapping and, and cursing would fall in all into the uh, provocation or uh, 
taking you know taking offense uh, and being offensive category and christians man are the worst at getting offended i i heard the other day through my friend john who does that story show with me that um christians are canceling their netflix subscriptions over a documentary that is a i, I i'm assuming a negative uh insight into like the genesis uh, or exodus i'm sorry exodus program where folks who are homosexuals uh struggle and strive to try to rid themselves of their feelings and and live uh, more moral lifestyles and i'm like first of all i'm like it took that that's the straw that broke the camel's back i mean there's so much crap on netflix that that you have to avoid to to be able to say i'm a netflix subscriber as a christian i i don't understand why you would suddenly get mad about that but to me that falls in the slap in the face category but we get all offended now i'm not saying you got to keep netflix go ahead kill kill netflix who cares it's it's turning slowly turning into crap but the thing is here here's there's just some more truth for you is you can cancel netflix all you want because of your faith but stranger things episode or season four is coming and you know you're going to subscribe you know you're coming back because that's some good stuff so anyway just remember that you know you, you have to stick to your guns if you're going to cancel it it's got to stay canceled and you got to buy season four when it comes out on dbd as my daughter used to say so uh you know and and and, and you know cancel culture didn't didn't begin with liberals or the left it, it began with christians back uh in in the oos or the the, the late 90s um, when we decided to uh cancel disney uh, christians didn't like didn't like disney all of a sudden the only company out there even trying to make ch children's decent children's content we we hated on them because of a an event that that they allowed at, at their park that wasn't even um at the time uh officially a, a disney event um we get offended when sinners sin we get offended when people say things about us and i think those are the moments um that we need to turn the other cheek and say you know what i understand that you don't care for us and our beliefs and so you know what it's all good i don't know you know paul talked paul talked about such things and he he said in second corinthians 12 10 for the sake of christ i am content with weakness insults hardships persecutions and calamities for when i am weak then i am strong and i read something that rain wilson said he was uh he was um what's his name on on the office 
So this is supposedly from his Twitter. The metamorphosis of Jesus Christ from a humble servant of the abject poor to a symbol that stands for gun rights, prosperity theology, anti-science, limited government that neglects the destitute, and fierce nationalism is truly the strangest transformation in human history. And all of those things that he mentioned are, in my opinion, fall in the category of of being easily offended. He played Dwight, Dwight Schrute, in case you're wondering who I'm talking about, Rain Wilson. He's, he's no theologist. He's nobody that I would stand on and say, you know, or, you know, he, he's somebody I believe in. But all truth is God's truth. So if somebody accidentally stumbles upon the truth, it's still God's. And um, I, I know some people would say gun rights don't fall in there, but gun rights are a government thing, not a, not a God thing. The, the rights that we are given from the government and the rights we're given from our uh, God are two different things. Jesus was very clear, give to Caesar, you know, the things that are Caesar and to God's the things that are God's. And, you know, I know the people I'm talking to right now aren't, you know, I'm preaching to the choir, but I, I just get so upset that we are now represented. Christianity is represented in this way that we are stupid, that we're backward that we, we don't believe um, in doctors. You know, Proverbs 12, 16 says, the vexation of a fool is known at once, but the prudent ignores an insult. Good sense, Proverbs nineteen eleven makes one slow to anger and it's glory to overlook an offense. Um, it, it, there's another scripture, I can't find it right off the top of my head. But it talks about how you can tell someone who is spiritually immature by how easily offended that they are. And so many times I see Christians get offended about things and no one's even targeting them. And that means to me that it's like they're standing on a platform. The platform is, you know, their faith and their belief in God. And it's shaky because they're shaking and it's weak underneath their feet. And that's why they're screaming at everybody. Don't attack me. Don't come at me. Don't hurt me. Don't say anything against me. Because it's like they don't truly believe in what they believe. Is God not brighter and and stronger than the dark? Even a little light drives out the darkness. They taught us in Sunday school, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. But I'm telling you, when we get offended and pitch a raving fit, whether it's one-on-one with somebody in a grocery store or if it's online or if it's at the freaking Capitol steps, uh, because to me, the election of a president and, and the will that people have against it, is an, is, it falls in the offensive category. They're offended that their candidate didn't get to be made president. And so they go out and pitch a raving fit and, and, and do it borderline, if, if not all the way terrorist act. Yeah. I mean, I'll just say it, it was a terrorist act because if, if black people had done it, they had a shot them. If, if, uh, if, if, uh, people from the middle East had attacked and done the same thing, they had a shot them. They had to bomb the whole flipping capital and rebuilt it from scratch. 
but a bunch of white folks do it. Middle-class white folks. We've got to protect them. Got to take care of them. Ugh. So I don't know. That, that, that All I want to say, and, and I'll talk more about it in future episodes, is that we do need to be more passive than we are. And there are times to stand up and fight. Um, and that would be against injustice, injustice. And I, and I mean, real injustice, like biblical injustice. And so I'll bring up black lives matter movement again, that I don't agree with completely because of the, th- the way they do it. And I'll explain that more in just a second, but their problems should be our problems because I've said it before. Cops don't treat black people the way they treat white people on a whole, on the whole. And I'm not a, I'm not against blue lives matter and all lives matter and, and all that kind of stuff. I just think people don't understand. Like I said, last episode that Jesus left the 99 to save the one, all the lives in the pen mattered, but they weren't in trouble. They weren't the one hurting, but we're all part of the same flock. And you need to, we need to face facts that black people are our brothers and sisters. And if they have pain, then it needs to be our pain too, as human beings. If there's injustice going on and there is, there is my friends, there is there. You you can say, oh, well, they shouldn't resist arrest. Of course they shouldn't resist arrest. Everybody would agree with that. But does it deserve the death penalty? They shouldn't be out at night. Of course they shouldn't be running around breaking windows at night, whatever. But does it deserve the death penalty? No, he shouldn't have been high. He shouldn't have fought the police. He shouldn't have been at that target. Yeah, but did he deserve to have his head stood on and, and not be able to breathe and freaking die? Is that what we do to people that just resist arrest? No. No, it's not. It's not. It's not what we do to white people when they resist arrest. It's not what we do when the cameras are on back in the old uh, bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do cops episodes when the cops act all good. It's not what we do when we pull over a white person. But a minority, yes, it is. It's more what happens i'm saying every cop is bad been a lot of good cops matter of fact i know uh, a black woman very good friend of mine and her father was a cop and she sides with cops most of the time in these stories uh which is blows my mind it's kind of interesting uh because statistically black cops are harder on black people than they are on white people too. So all I'm saying is there is injustice, but yet we fight against that. Christians do. Self-righteous Christians do. And I'll say it again, like I did last episode that if we're calling ourselves Christians, shouldn't we be acting like Jesus, Jesus stood up for injustice. 
The only time he defended himself in his entire trial was when he was struck. And he was, and the only time Peter, I'm sorry, Paul, uh, stood up for himself was when his rights as a Roman citizen were uh, ignored. And you think of all of the stuff that the disciples went through and the people of the early church went through the, the, and the things that go on even today in other countries and the way the church is, is beat down and, and put down, arrested, killed. And we think we've got it tough. I just think the Bible says we, we, they will know we are Christians by our love. But we are known as being offensive and all that. And, and somebody's going to listen to this and say, well, man, he cares a lot about what the world thinks. Maybe he should care what God thinks. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing about that. I obviously do care what God thinks. And that's the whole point of this is I believe God thinks we're too darn easily offended. And I do care what the world thinks because I'm trying to represent Christ. And the way I'm representing him is like what Rain Wilson sees. Rain Wilson sees a Jesus that is holding a gun in one hand, a freaking um, Confederate flag in the other hand, or a pro Trump flag in the other hand, driving a truck, spitting, chewing tobacco out the window, fighting um, folks that, that, that they have no business fighting. And that slips into another category that my wife and I talk about all the time, and that is that Christians try to legislate morality. We don't want to share our faith. We don't want to do it properly. We don't want to be humble. We don't want to be loving. We don't want to um, live morally. Uh, we don't want to share our faith. So we try to force it on others through our voting. And it's fine. Vote, vote the way you want. Um, but in my, the, and this is gospel of Kennison territory here. I'm not going to try to stop people from doing what they want to do. That is fruitless to me. Uh, so that's why I don't get offended and upset when I meet someone and they've transitioned into being another gender or they are gay or they have a live in partner or they don't, they, you know, they are heavily tattooed or, or, or uh, pierced or listen, you know, have, have a representation on their shirt that, that doesn't agree with my faith or something that I would never wear. Um, you, you have to learn when you work in, in the city and with people that are sinners to not get easily offended. We even had a small rule. This is a tiny rule, but it, it, it really says a lot. Um, when you go into uh, an inner city home, you don't step on the roaches. And that was a rule that we had, is if you see a bug, you're not allowed to step on it unless it gets right next to your foot. Then it's okay. But you're not allowed to do that. You don't want to embarrass the people. 
that live there. And man, we've we've cleaned up homes, and not everybody in the hood has bugs. I'm just saying the the extremely poor and especially depressed poor people uh, have hard time keeping their houses together. And and we've gone in and cleaned and and just you know people with children and and just tons of, of vermin and bugs and stuff, and it's just enough to make you want to vomit. But um, do we do we sit these people down and scream at them? Or do we love on them and help them? And do we feel, does our heart go out to them? And I think you can take that in a broader sense to the world as a whole. Getting mad at sinners for sinning is ridiculous. That's what they do. It's, it's what they do. And, and you know what? It's funny is we do it too. We are forgiven. We've accepted forgiveness and we strive to do better. You know, I just, I just wish we would give others the grace that we give ourselves. So anyway, this, this again is about, um, offend, being offended. James one know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak and slow to anger. And of course, the Bible also says, be angry, but don't sin. I go right along with that. It's okay to be angry. It's okay. You're going to get offended at times. But you have to ask yourself, is it a righteous anger? The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And when he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned, and he is not able to understand them because they are not spiritually discerned. That, that's 1 Corinthians 2.14, and that's a conversation about people who aren't Christians. The natural person. The normal person. Not bad people. The normal person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. Because they seem like crazy stuff. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So if that is the default setting for a normal person that doesn't know God, that's why it's so important for us to make sure that we are living in a way that, that, that represents God properly. And, and, this will be the last thing I say. You know, I'll shut up. Um, so we, we have a problem being easily offended, and we have no right to be, and I'll tell you why. Because we make mistakes. We are sinners too. And the Bible Belt has some of the highest rates of teen pregnancy, divorce, alcoholism, all of the problems. But they are higher in the areas where uh, religion is a major component. And the world knows this. And they look at us. And you know what? It, it wouldn't matter so much, except that we act like we've got it all together and that we're perfect. And that wouldn't matter so much, except that we act like everybody else sucks. Again, I've said it before. We hold our salvation up like a trophy that could never be attained. 
by anyone else instead of a gift that should be given away. I don't know. I don't know. I'll just summarize it with this. John 6, 60 through 64. When many of the disciples heard it, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, do you take offense at this? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascending where he was before? Is it the Spirit who gives life? The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life, but there are some of you who do not believe, for Jesus knew from the beginning who did not believe and those who would betray him. He knew. Point being is just because it's hard doesn't mean it's wrong. Just because it's hard to believe doesn't mean it's wrong. And I think we've gotten so used to sitting in churches and hearing comfortable sermons about how much God loves us. And we need those. We need to know that. But we don't hear enough about how we're supposed to be giving, how we're supposed to be sacrificing, how we're supposed to be living, how we're supposed to be raising our kids. And anyway, I'll be done. Uh, if you're a prayer person, praying person, pray for me. I, I need it. I covet your prayers, as they say. Um, because I feel the darkness coming in. I feel it. I feel the, the depression creeping back in. And it's it's more than sadness. It's just misery. It's absolute misery. And um, I want to keep podcasting. I want to keep doing GOKs. I want to keep being a blessing to my family. I want to be a blessing to David in the ministry. This is what I want from my life. It's not much to ask, but it's it's what I what I hope for. It's what I cling to. It's what I hold on to. I want to be of use. And at minimum, I want to be where I was before the medicine changes, where you'll recall I was saying, you know, I could think logically about my situation and I wasn't so depressed that I felt you remember because for a while there I was like I don't matter I hate myself and then I then suddenly we took the new medicine and suddenly I was like oh yeah I'm fine everything's great um as far as I go I still feel sad I still am sad I still have no energy but at least I can think logically about my situation and I don't hate myself well last night and the night before I was hating myself again. And um, right now I'm I'm okay. But tonight, is it creeping back? Is it coming back? I don't know. Uh, uh. Anyway. Love you guys. I, I appreciate you listening. I don't know why you do. I you know, there's a there's a part of me that just can't believe that this is a blessing to anyone, but um but I appreciate that you do, and I, and I appreciate the feedback that I get. I got some great feedback from Australia um, this week. Uh, he sent an audio clip. It was very awesome. And I won't say his name, you know, to keep him keep his identity private. But he uh, he, he 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 got the the basic heart behind what I was trying to say. And and here, listen, um, this is the Gospel of Kennison for a reason. When I talk about the Bible, I am the first one 
to admit that it is definitely my take on things and my spin on things. I, uh, I'm growing and changing and, and I've, if you go back and listen to uh, something from a few years ago and listen to it again, now I'm sure there are conflicts <laughs> because like I said, I thought we were supposed to be absolute, um, uh, 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 pacifists for a little while. And then David says, yeah, you, you need to listen to this podcast about justice and loving your enemies. And, 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 um, and I did, and I'm like, Oh man, there's this whole justice thing that we're supposed to stand up for the, the, the poor and the, the downtrodden. And, 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 and there is a time to step up and, and even fight, uh, against injustice. And that's what I would love to see. I'd, I'd love to see. Oh, 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 oh. I'm, I, I'm sorry. I, I promised that I would describe something later. Um, the, the reason why some of the movements that I see um, on both the right wing and the left wing that I don't agree with, it's um, not that I don't agree with what they're standing up for. Um, Black Lives Matter is, is standing up uh, to say, hey, we matter too. And, and we shouldn't be killed by cops. Um, and, and there are some on the other side that, that have things that they're saying. But they're, they're, uh, so many of our uh, struggles and issues and stuff like that can be done without, uh, oh, goodness, with love in our hearts. Yeah. Um, you can't. You can't hate the people that you are rising up against. You can't hate hate them because you're you're not gonna want um, equality. You're gonna want vengeance. You know, you're not gonna want things to turn out right. You're gonna want the opposite of what's going on. You're gonna want them to feel what you felt. And a, uh, I think it's possible to stand up for injustice, but you have to do it in a loving way. You have to do it with the right intentions in your heart. And it, you have to have, you have to have love. And I'm not saying people don't I'm not casting judgment on anybody. I'm just saying that, uh, I don't agree with a lot of things, um, on both sides of the aisle because I see a lot of anger and anger comes from frustration and frustration comes from, uh, all of the things that are being not taken care of that are so obvious and clear, clearly wrong. Um, but I, I still think you have to operate in love. And I think that's what Martin Luther King stood for is his goal uh, was not for one race to dominate the other or to get back at the other or to hold some sort of sway over the other. It was for equality. And he, he wanted uh, people of different colors to stand hand in hand and sing praises to God and thank God for their freedoms and their equalities. And I can get behind that all day. I can get behind that all week. Um, you know, but white folks, uh, extreme right wingers hate minorities 
hate black people, hate hate uh, Mexican people, um, probably hate most white people too. And and that that I can't handle that. I can't be a part of that. I don't want to be associated with that. Um, especially when there's so much going on. Why why do Mexicans want to come to America? Why do they want to come here? They want our jobs. Dang right they want their jobs. Have you ever been to Mexico? Have you been to third world Mexico? You would cross the freaking border too if your kids were starving. You would do whatever you had to do. There's something wrong when we will go halfway across the world to fight a war, but we won't step in to help our brothers and sisters who are suffering in the South because of a corrupted government. We don't want to bring it home. It's like we'll go on a on a vacation slash missions trip and go talk about God and get all bold, but we can't do it to our neighbors. And and you know I've talked about this. I talked about it last episode. I am I am the biggest hypocrite in the world when it comes to talking about that because I'm terrible, terrible about that. I can get on a stage and talk about God all day, but do my neighbors neighbors know I'm a Christian? No. So anyway. That's it. It's 50 minutes. That's long enough. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, as always, you can send your feedback and comments and, and hate mail to james at nlcast.com. And, um, you know, we'll do, we'll do exciting stuff. Um, I'll tell you this, though, one of the best things about getting involved in children's ministry again is, uh, watching one of, our, one of the kids at our children's ministry, uh, she's she's like two or th- she's three she's three years old and she loves the music and she does the little motions the best she can she she concentrates hard and and um and the, the chorus kicks in and and it's free dance time and boy she just goes at it and it just makes my day makes me smile the innocence the freedom that children have and um i love that and i missed it i missed it I miss it. I miss it in my own kids. I miss it in my ministry. And um, it uh, it's a special thing. So we'll, we'll end on a high note. Kids are amazing. And uh, so, uh, again, love you guys. See you later. Talk to you later. Peace out. Peace, peace, peace.